Before we start our show today, a word from our sponsors, Plesk. Plesk is more than just a control panel, granting you full flexibility to customize, manage, secure, host, automate, and control your web projects, as well as any underlying infrastructure. Plesk simplifies the lives of web professionals and gives you star features like one-click staging, cloning, syncing, plus automated mass management of multiple WordPress instances on your server and more. Have it your way. Find out more on plesk.com. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Mastermind FM. I'm Mark and this week we have with us Stefan Venter from WooCrew and we're going to be discussing WooCommerce and the WooCommerce services that the WooCrew offers. So Stefan, welcome to the show. Thanks Mark, Uh, very glad to be on the show and thanks for inviting me. Uh, I think it's going to be great. You're welcome, it's a pleasure to have you with us. And uh, to start off, can you give us a bit of a background as to who you are and how you got started with WooCommerce? Yeah, sure. I'm Stefan and I live in South Africa. So we've been basically doing app development for a long time and also building e-commerce stores for companies and so on. But uh, about last year, 2018, January, we started this company called WP Monkey and that was to, you know, support basic WordPress companies, uh, WordPress websites. So it was a basic WordPress support company, run-of-the-mill. I think you get a lot of them these days. During the first few months, as we onboarded some clients, we saw that a lot of the clients running online stores on WooCommerce had totally different needs than what can be done by the normal WordPress support companies. example of this would be, for instance, the way they do updates. A lot of the companies that does WordPress support basically does a safe update that's making a backup, then updating the plugins and the core. And if it fails, they would revert back to Mm -hmm. the previous backup, right? But this can take a while, especially if it's a larger site or a store. Yeah. And uh, when it's an online store, that site is actually the business of, of that specific client, which means they are losing sales, you know, especially if they get bigger and they're making a few sales an hour, then basically lose sales because the site is down. So the risk is immense. And even when it comes to plugins like on the checkout where the, for the payment processes, if some of those plugins are updated, even though it will show everything's updated successfully, the plugins might fail, which means that the people aren't, they aren't able to check out and they aren't able to pay. Right. So some of the services that we've built in is, is to help uh, these stores by doing checkout tests for them after updating the plugins. And then if that works, deploy it live. So you learned all this from experience, basically? Yes. Um, so we learned all this from experience from the clients that we had, but also uh, speaking to a few WooCommerce store owners by going to events and so forth. Yeah. So there's, there's a few things that are much more kind of mission critical for them than you would find on a normal you know, content-based website or something similar. All right. What are the services, apart from running checkout tests and so on, what are the different services does WooCrew offer that can help WooCommerce site owners? Yeah, so we have a few different services. A lot of the services are similar than the normal WordPress support companies, but are tailored specifically to e-commerce. And those services you basically need to have to support a proper WordPress site. So we do the base, uh, but what we then also add to that is to make sure, for instance, email deliverability is is done correctly via uh, platforms like Mailgun or SendGrid or so on. Because again, this is a very important feature for online stores is to make sure that orders uh, get to their customers 
uh, that they receive the orders that they need to fulfill because not all of them are logged in into the WordPress backend all the time. Okay, and then also it's quite important for them to not lose any order and customer data. Mm-hmm. So we make sure that that data is basically backed up almost in real time so that that's never lost. So where some of the other places might do daily backups or some, there's a big risk that if the server crashes or some data are lost, you know, and you only have a, have a backup of a day back, mm-hmm. then you've lost a lot of order product and uh, customer data, which is uh, really not good at all for them. <laughs> yeah. So you offer backup services yourselves as part of the service? Yes. So that is also part of our services. And then I think what's most important is that because we only focus on WooCommerce stores, we have a lot of best practices that we kind of gather through supporting all these stores. And we make sure that we stay on trend with all the e-commerce stuff. There's a lot of examples, like a lot of the clients that we sign on, for example, doesn't have something as simple as abandoned cart plugin. For recovery. Yeah, and for abandoned cart recovery. And that basically means that they are losing sales every day. And they didn't even know what the abandoned cart is. And that was something that shocked us, actually, the more we spoke to kind of these online store owners. And a lot of things like this is what we would then also look at the sites and kind of install for them and help them to optimize their stores, optimize their checkout pages and so forth. Okay, so you go beyond just supporting and you even help them grow their business. Yeah, so that comes in in unlimited tasks that we do for them. But again, it's not just the standard unlimited tasks that a normal WordPress support company would do. This stuff are kind of e-commerce related. Mm -hmm. And we kind of try to optimize the stores to try to build the email list better for them. Uh, try to optimize the checkout pages so that their conversion rate go up. Yeah, try to make it easier for them to understand what is important to their site. A good example, again, of this would be something like PageSpeed, right? Which is quite a simple thing for us, our technical guys, or we, to us to understand, is something that... They don't know what impact it actually has on their stores, right? Right, okay. Yeah, something like, obviously, it impacts the bounce rate, which is directly linked to cart abandonment. So, but because a lot of these people aren't technical at all, they don't even realize that because their site is slow, or even their product pages are slow, that they are losing sales. So we try to kind of educate them as well on what is important in terms of, you know, they site, the product pages, setting it up and so forth. And I assume some of them don't even realize their site is actually slow. They don't even realize what the, what the difference there is. Yeah, yeah, they don't know, right? If you speak to them about something like TTFB or Time to First Byte, they don't even know what that is. And they might um, be on a very, very uh, slow shared hosting where it takes up to three seconds just for the site to open, mm-hmm. you know, to get the first ping back from the server. And they're losing sales because of that. People these days, they just don't want to wait anymore. You know, if it takes a second too long, they're gone. Yep. Uh, they're going to the next tab. <laughs> and we've, I think we've seen plenty of studies. I mean, if you just Google this, you see plenty of studies of how one second makes a difference to sales, how a three-second delay consists of 30% less revenue or something like that. So that's all very yeah, important stuff. Yeah. It's got a huge impact as well on SEO, right? Exactly. Like Google are tracking these stuff so finely. Even your product pages are slow. They won't rank as well and you won't, you'll make less sales. So yeah, it's all about the sales at the end yeah. uh, for these guys. But the scariest thing is because they're not actually technical people, they don't know what they're losing. 
so you guys take the time to go through every individual client to figure out how the site's performing and what needs improving, what's missing and so on. Yeah, we have an onboarding process that we take the client through. Okay. Yeah, so first of all, we just make sure that um, the sites are backed up properly and we are monitoring them properly. And then we do uh, run through the you know process of updating the sub sites, getting the WordPress core up to date, WooCommerce up to date, and then all the plugins. What you can't believe is, you know, the state we get these sites in. And, you know, you're talking sometimes about WooCommerce still being on, you know, a version 2 point something, which is <laughs> one ma- major release back. <laughs> it's a long way back, right? Yeah. And what you'll find then is uh, when they've, they are too scared to update their, mm-hmm. their WooCommerce sites, and uh, basically what happens is when they update, for instance, a payment gateway plugins, it's not compatible anymore. And they will realize after seven days that people has just not been able to check out. <laughs> you know? We laugh about these things. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's crazy. So it puts them in a difficult situation because... They know their site needs to be up to date for security and all of that. But they are also very afraid to kind of push that update button because what's going to happen? What's going to break? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's a whole process to doing this updating, you know, uh, successfully and and in a a manner that's that's safe. But they don't know how to do that. You know, they don't know how to make a staging site make a backup, then test it one by one. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they do that. It's on a different server environment or even locally. And when they push it live, the PHP version is different and it would just break on them. Uh, so it's <laughs> it's quite scary. Scary yeah. to them as well. We, we face a few of our users for the aggregator plugin who have outdated versions of plugins and so on. And this is just for content importing or video importing and so on. Mm. So if they're scared to do that just for that part of their site, let alone what it would be like when your site is your business and if you're earning 10K a month and all of a sudden you're earning nothing because something broke in one update, yeah, you can understand why they're scared to do anything. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, so we would then take them further and we, we make sure the security is 100% set up and it's tight. Because that's also a concern to them, especially the guys around very technical. It's a big, you know, this question mark for when I'm going to get act. Yeah, and then we'll uh, do a performance review and uh, make sure all the pages are performed correctly. And after that, we, we will start doing a review of the site to see, you know, what kind of best practices or what e-commerce tools have do they have in place. And where can we help them to kind of improve their conversion rate? A lot of times, uh, for instance, on a checkout page, uh, that's usually a big thing. So a lot of times people would have the sidebar on the checkout page with other products. Mm-hmm. And that's actually a very bad practice because in their mind, they usually think, but I want people to add more stuff but to the checkout page, but that's actually not the place to do it. Because when somebody's on the checkout page, you want them to check out as soon as possible. So no distractions. Right. You know, mm-hmm. even strip the footer, strip the the menu, everything. Just when they are on the checkout page, they need to pay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've, I've seen a few who, who just completely, like you said, strip everything off the page, just leave the checkout form and that's it. Yeah, that's it. You know, if you want to do upsells and so on, use the cart for that, mm-hmm. whatever, or between the cart and the checkout page. But once people get to the checkout page, let them check out. <laughs> <laughs> let them actually the buy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's, that's what we'll do. And then we really try to support our clients very well. I mean, we set up an instant messaging channel with them of their choosing. Usually these days on our side, it's kind of WhatsApp is the most popular one. Mm -hmm. We would set up a Slack channel 
So we have all these different channels and we basically let them choose which one they want to use. Because what we've seen is that that gives them a lot of comfort if they can just send out a message quickly and get a reply. What we've heard from some of our clients is some of the other support companies, they send an email and then they receive an automated reply, you know, the way Mm -hmm. uh, help desks are set up. And then they, they will hear back maybe in, you know, uh, two days time or something about the issue. And again, when this site is your business, you know, if something urgent is wrong, you need to get a hold of people quite quickly. So, you know, that instant messaging uh, group or whatever gives, gives them great comfort. And even when they're on the go, they can just pop a WhatsApp message, please check this out or, you know, put this update on the site or so on. That's a nice touch to give them when, I mean, most of these online businesses, not most, but some of them are small teams or individuals who are running these sites. Yeah, sure. So even if they're traveling or anything like that, they need the support. Yeah, I think that's one of the great things about, you know, online stores is that you can actually churn out a lot of revenue with a very small team. Mm-hmm. You can even, re, you know, usually it's an owner maybe or two co-founders and they have a few VAs doing different stuff like handling customer support queries and, you know, somebody else taking care of, you know, the products and so forth. But, uh, yeah, it's usually small teams and uh, usually busy and on the go type of people, you know, like every small business owner. I think it gives them peace of mind even, I mean, for these kind of businesses, networking, for example, and visiting conferences, that's Mm. all important. So it gives them time to do that kind of stuff without necessarily having to worry that if something does go wrong, they have to spend hours fixing it or they have to wait for a couple of days. Maybe people are visiting their site and they're not seeing anything decent or they can't buy. And so some parts of these stores are more complex as well. And if they want to implement something like, for instance, bulk pricing, you know, it would take them days to set up, to figure out which plugin to use, to figure out where in the plugin to set it up as they would like to set it up. But, you know, if they just give it to us, sometimes it takes us 10 minutes, something that would have taken the client two days. (laughs) And the reason is just because we're doing it so much that uh, we know exactly where to look, where to set it up. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff like importing products is also a big win usually, is where the client, you know, would hire a VA or do it himself, going out 100 products uh, because they don't know how to do an import. And I mean, that's quick to do, you know, with a tool like WP or import. Yes. For you. But even, yeah, I think it's quite simple as well for the client. But if they, it's the first time they, that they use that tool, it takes them a while to just kind of figure out exactly. what to do. Yeah. And they won't necessarily be sure if they're doing it right and they'll be scared of what to do and so on. Yeah, exactly. So with you, it's reliable. All right. Um, we, we've mentioned quite a few things that you do. So I have a sort of few questions to follow up on that. First of all, we'll get to the client side a bit later on, but with regards to running the business, how big is your team right now to run tests like these and maintenance like this? Uh, at the moment, uh, we're about six guys. We have kind of a split between the customer support and the developers. Okay. Yeah. And the big reason for that is that we would like our customer support people that's also a little bit technical, but not totally developer types, um, to be able to speak to, to our customers and, you know, really get to refine the issues they have and make sure we have the correct information. And then just push it into the log um, for for our developers to run it. So, yeah, I would say we're about two customer support people at the moment and about three developers. Okay. Yeah. Does, I'm assuming there's continuous support on a daily basis to go through with all the sites that you've been managing. Yeah. Yeah, it's continuous support 24-7. And the developers would be working on client sites and implementing different things? Yes, exactly. So like the client requests come in, if they properly refine, the developers would then go and implement it according to the client's specification. Uh, but it's also important is that usually we have a, 
especially big changes like pricing changes and so on that might impact the site, we would first implement on a staging site so that the client can just go and okay it and say, okay, this is this is what I need okay. uh, before we push it live. That's a, another thing about running a store online is that changes to like your pricing model to the shipping and stuff. If you change something, it impacts the whole store. Mm -hmm. So you kind of need to run that in a staging environment first. Just to make sure, you know, it's what they want. All right. Yeah. And then, yeah, I mean, there's the normal maintenance tasks. We do kind of uh, weekly updates for our clients. Uh, we try to kind of find out from them when is the lowest sales day or, you know, during which period they have the least traffic mm -hmm. so that we can schedule the weekly updates for, for that site. So we, yeah, we don't do updates on a daily basis for each site. We like to do it on a weekly basis, test it properly, and then deploy it live on a time where, you know, the traffic is not that much on the site. Okay. Minimize downtime. Yeah, exactly. So if something does occur that it's got a, it doesn't have a huge impact. Okay. And considering the different types of tests you run, different types of maintenance, is everything done manually or have you automated some of your processes? Um, at the moment, you know, most of the stuff are done Manually, I mean, when we do the uh, updates and so on on the, on the sites, the staging site first, it's done automatically. We have tools that we use to just run the automatic update and so on. But when it comes to testing after the, the updates has been done, that's done manually at the moment. So we do actual checkouts. Okay. We go through the um, adding products to cart, uh, go through the checkout process to make sure the payments are successful and so forth. All right. And uh, have you thought about automating that to make it I guess, simpler for you guys? Yeah, we plan to automate it in the future. I, I mean, that would save a lot of uh, time and effort for us as well. So we are looking at automating that in the future and probably building some tools around that as well as we grow. Cool. Okay. So from what you're saying, you sort of have a combination of support work, maintenance work, and in a way, agency work as well, considering the amount of things that you help people out with, that you implement and so on. Yeah, but uh, we really like to onboard sites that are already running and, you know, that's not at a stage where we want to do a redesign or something. So, yeah, we kind of focus on sites that are all making revenue, you know, uh, quite a bit of revenue. Not that much, but I mean, they're churning out profits and they need somebody to help them run their store okay. um, rather than starting up a store. Because uh, what we've seen is that when somebody is just starting out and they're making, maybe making five sales a month, their focus is kind of totally different mm -hmm. than people making, you know, say like 10K a month or, or even 5K a month. The focus are already totally different from the people just starting out. Okay. Yeah, so, so most of the stuff is basically, you know, most of the tasks are not that big, small, you know, below two hours usually. Stuff that's easy for us to implement because we know the space, but, you know, maybe a bit more difficult for the clients. And then also yeah, the normal maintenance stuff, as you said. All right. And since we mentioned quite a few things that you implement, like cart abandonment and so on, and uh, importing of products. How do you vet the tools that you actually use? Be it a plugin, be it an import plugin, be it cart abandonment, whatever it is. Do you try out different tools over the years? Yeah, so we basically have a suite of plugins that we uh, kind of like to use. We would try them first, you know. Uh, there's a lot of different stuff I mean, there's basic cart abandonment plugins that you can use that is kind of free, you know, that's available on the normal WordPress uh, library to install. That is quite good. But we also then suggest, you know, plugins that's a bit more intense, like Jolt and so on, to our customers. And we tell them this is the extra features that you can have. 
if you install these plugins, but they are paid. So most of the time we would make suggestions to our clients, especially in terms of uh, premium plugins and so on, but it's a conversation, you know. We really try to find the best uh, solution for them so that they can uh, decide, you know, is this really important to them to have that extra functionality in the paid plugin or is the normal kind of functionality that comes with three plugins fine? All right. But yes, we do kind of have a library for, you know, it's stuff like uh, subscription pop-ups that offers uh, discount coupons and stuff mm-hmm. like that. There's a huge a range of plugins to use to basically make more sales in your store. So, And then it's up to the client to decide whether to install it, whether to purchase it and so on. We would show them where to purchase it. Uh, we would do the installation and the setup and everything of it. So. If you create and sell WordPress plugins or themes, you know that only coding features isn't enough. You're going to have to handle taxes, issue invoices, securely accept payments, handle licensing, manage subscriptions, and let's not forget about automatic software updates, and the list goes on. Freemius handles all of those aspects in your business for you. And we've also had Vova, the CEO, on episode 97 of the podcast, if you want to take a listen. They have implemented and optimized all of the best practices practices, especially for selling WordPress plugins and themes. For example, your free users can upgrade to a paid plan right from inside their WP admin dashboard. When you sign up to sell products through Freemius, they treat you like a true partner because they will only earn money when you earn money, which automatically serves as an incentive for them to help increase your sales. I highly recommend you to head over to freemuse.com mastermind and get a full month of faith waiver when you start selling your WordPress products through Freemius. Cool. All right. Considering we've talked about quite a few points here, how big of a demand is there for services like this right now? We've basically did a bit of research in terms of you know how many WooCommerce stores are out there. And we attend a lot of meetups and we meet a lot of people there with WooCommerce stores that, that's got these exact issues. A few clients in loss in the past few months. So it seems that the need is there. But I think it's important to note that people, they don't just need somebody technical that will do stuff for them. What we found is that a lot of times they're kind of in need of a partner to help them, you know, kind of like a CTO kind of position. Somebody that can, you know, help them out when they have questions. How do I implement this? You will see a lot of this going on on the, for instance, the WooCommerce Facebook groups as well. You know, people just asking advice. I'm trying to do this, but what's the best way, you know? What tools should I use? How should I go about this? And so on. So... There seems to be quite a need. Do you end up using stuff like Facebook groups and meetups for outreach? Of actually getting clients on? Yeah, basically not a lot Facebook groups. We in the Facebook groups we just try to kind of be involved and be responsive and tell people uh, what to do, give them some advice and so on. We do a lot of cold outreach via LinkedIn and so on, uh, trying to get people uh, that's in our network that is, you know, running online stores and so on. And a lot of times it is also to learn from them what needs they have, you know, what issues they are facing, just to basically discuss more about their stores and so on. The meetups helps a lot because that's where you really get insight into people's problems and issues and so on. And, yeah, we would reach out uh, to the people you know, at the end of meetups to basically discuss their sites and offer our services to them. I think usually with all the WordPress and uh, WooCommerce events, it's quite a good place to be, you know, just to get to know the community and, and build the connections. And also we found that when events are more e-commerce related, especially, you know, WordPress meetups, there will be a lot of people there with stores that they just want to come and 
you know, learn and maybe just get a little bit of insight into how to do something and so on. That's usually a, a good place to pick up clients. And are most of the clients, right, uh, considering how big WooCommerce is growing and it's year on year, user base is growing, the studies are showing that, mm. what are the most common types of clients? Are they people who have business or e-commerce experience and are continuing to grow? Or is it someone usually who is starting out something new or is trying a different venture compared to what they did before? What's it usually like? At the moment, we have two types of clients and then also the other people we meet also fall into these categories. So some of the clients, they they have uh, like a brand or a range of products that they've been selling, you know, sometimes at flea markets or selling out of hand or on Facebook or whatever. And then they built a store from that. So they're kind of fresh, new entrepreneurs uh, trying to, you know, build a business, which is quite nice because those people are very excited about the space and, uh, you know, they're quite keen on learning and growing and so forth. A lot of uh, the other clients that we see or the other uh, people with stores that we see are, you know, brick and mortar businesses that has got this e-commerce store as well at the side. And usually it's for a specific product range that they sell or, you know, it's just a duplication of their store online. And they find it a bit more difficult because, you know, it's a totally different space than than a brick and mortar store. So it's totally different to run, to market it is different. A lot of aspects of it is different and yeah, they can get quite frustrated by the technical side of it as well. Okay, so you help them to basically get into the e-commerce space. If you use the brick and mortar, it's a completely different experience. So you guys help them to how to get started and how to actually run both sides of the business. Yeah, that's just what we've seen at the kind of the meetups and what we get from all the people that we connect with is that that's also one of the types of clients. We have built some stores for these kind of businesses. For example, one of the businesses that we've done it for is uh, a company that they do study guides for English literature, and they wanted to sell these books online as well. We built a store for them, and, and it's going quite well. But the issue is, you know, now people want to reorder, and they are trying to log in and they're not logging in successfully or the password strength is too strong or whatever. And suddenly that team also have to deal with all these technical issues that they didn't have before. You know, getting a phone call from a customer, I can't check out what's happening. Maybe the customer's still running IE9 or whatever, <laughs> but they don't know that. It's not that, <laughs> it's not they. It's not their um, forte, it's not, it's not their expertise to know that, and it makes it difficult for them to run this site as well uh, sometimes. So it puts a lot of pressure on the employees and, and the internal team. And I think you see many of these people who try an e-commerce business in addition to the brick and mortar, many of them tend to give up unless they have someone supporting them. Mm. I mean, you're just saying locally myself, Mota were a tiny country. Yeah. And you know, most of the stores that are out there out there. Some of them set up e-commerce stores and end up they disappear after a while or they just become uh, a preview of the products and you can't actually buy anything. Yeah, exactly. And they don't understand how, how big the e-commerce side of the business can be. Yeah. No, that's hundred percent. Yeah, then they would just set it to the they would cancel the the checkout page and just Put a, where the exactly. card was put an inquire now and they will run it exactly. as per usual with orders and so forth. And it's sad because it's it's quite nice, right? Having that order instantly and, and having the payment immediately, all of that is good things for business. But it's just, you know, the burden of running this when you don't understand it is quite difficult. And I think some people don't just understand 
sort of the direction the world's taking in terms of of commerce in general and then the growth of e-commerce because most stores tend to think that it's okay to sort of ask a client or a customer to come visit your store or to inquire via email and say waiting two days for a reply Mm. and nowadays like we said earlier it's instant so the moment i see a product and i see a price i want first of all i want to see a price but some stores don't even show that yeah and then i just i just want to go ahead and purchase I like deliver it for me. Just you have an extra expense of delivering, but you got to say that you wouldn't otherwise get because I'm not going to come visit you. So it's an hour away, for example. Yeah. I say an hour away because for us, an hour away is far away, but <laughs> yeah. whatever it might be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, what they also need to realize is that in a lot of these industries, you know, going e commerce can really be a competitive advantage for them mm-hmm. because the chances are that the rest of the their competitors probably also not having, you know, this kind of functionality, having an online store and all of that. And these days people buy online, you know. You want to find something, you go to Google. Um, exactly. Yeah. When you buy stuff, you buy it on Facebook <laughs> or Instagram or whatever. <laughs> I mean, recently, just speaking for myself, I, I bought a TV recently mm. and I saw two stores which had the same product, same brand, mm. and they had the same price. One of them I could buy online, the other one had to go to the store. Yeah. It's not far away, but online is two minutes. I know I'm going to buy that thing. I don't need to go necessarily see it again. Mm. And I can get it delivered to my door, not go and pick it up and carry it and all that stuff. Yeah. So automatically, one store lost the sale, the other one gained it just by having an e-commerce store. And nowadays, I think that's becoming more and more common with our generations growing up. We're used to that kind of speed rather than going to visit different stores. Yeah, especially in South Africa, it's the exact same thing where, you know, the country is very kind of distributed, whereas, you know, there's a few city centers and then the rest of it is, you know, quite far away from each other. Mm-hmm. And that's where the e-commerce guys have really been gaining a lot of ground is that there's a lot of people that never get to the city or not regularly at least. And now they have access to those products. So that's kind of a big increase. And yeah, this, yeah, I only think it's going to grow. I can't see it otherwise. And even visibility wise, I think you might not even know about certain stores until you see an online store for them. Oh, yeah. Brick and mortars. I mean, a brick and mortar, unless you're seeing ads on TV or hearing ads on the radio or seeing billboards somewhere, unless you drive past and see it and realize what kind of a shop it is, you're not really going to know that they exist. Yeah, that's true. All right. Moving back a bit to your business, Wukru, and how that's actually run. What levels of services do you offer? Is it the same service to work clients or is there different tiers that people can use? How does it work? At the moment, we have uh, three plans. One is called maintenance crew, and that's just to basically do the normal uh, run-of-the-mill maintenance tasks, like the updates, which is a big headache for a lot of the clients. Then we have the working crew. We also include unlimited tasks, and uh, that basically means that they can throw anything to us and we'll, we'll sort it out especially also the e-commerce related stuff. We really like to get in there and, you know, solve the issues. And then the we have the expert crew, and that's basically we would then go and apply our own e-commerce knowledge as well to their sites. One of the benefits of, for instance, the expert crew is that uh, we would install a tool like Lucky Orange or something similar or Hotjar, that takes recordings of how people use their stores, how their customers are using their stores and so on. And we would then on a monthly basis go and, you know, go through some of those recordings and then give them a report on, you know, what's going wrong. Where are customers dropping off? What's confusing customers? Where are customers having trouble? And then give them a, a report on that and, and some suggestions on how we could fix that, you know, and once they give the okay, we'll fix that for them as well. So, you know, there's, there's a, like a quite a simple example that we've just picked up on, on one of the sites about a month ago is that uh, when you go down on the checkout page, they have the terms and conditions checkbox all the way to the left. And almost 
every customer that checked out, I had to push the checkout button twice because they would fill in all their details and they will click the place order button. And then it, but yeah, it wouldn't, it wouldn't place the order. And then they need to go back to the top and then they see, okay, now the terms and conditions box wasn't checked. Then they go down again, they check the box <laughs> and then they place the order and do the payment. So it's simple stuff like that. That's not apparent to you as the store owner. Mm-hmm. But if you, if you see how your customers are, are using the store and, you know, what pages they navigate and where their mouse are hovering and stuff like that, a lot of things become real clear real quickly. So there's a lot of benefit to that and yeah, actually something we're quite excited about. So Yeah, it's it's interesting to hear that you sort of go even into the analytics of things, figuring mm. things out for them with the expert experts group. Yeah. And currently what's the most common plan, common tier, the most popular tier that you have? Actually, I think most of our clients are actually on the expert group now. And I think it's because of the benefit that they get, you know, from all of all of these additional services that we give. They see, they see the value in what you're adding there. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, there's kind of easy ways to upsell from the working group, right? You just do it for them once. Mm-hmm. And tell them this is what you can get on a regular basis. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of value to be had there, so they can immediately see that value. Yeah. Uh, once we share it with them. Just to look at your website quickly, just seeing the plan pricing. I mean, you're at thirty nine, one four nine, and two four nine. So at two four nine dollars a month, yeah. considering the amount of revenue you can add with just two hundred fifty dollars a month, it's uh, yeah. <laughs> it's a, it's a good investment to make. Yeah, for sure. All right. We'll start closing things off a bit. And before we do, I wanted to hear your thoughts a bit on the WooCommerce space. Where do you think it's at right now? Where do you think it's heading in the future? Whether you see anything, any major flaws or any major advances being made? What are your thoughts? Mm. Since Automatic has required WooCommerce, I think it's almost four years back now. It's been a while. Mm-hmm. I think they've really uh, put in some effort into it. And uh, I think Automatic probably realized that WooCommerce is actually a very important part to their business as well. And you can even see that now with just acquired Postgres as well. Yeah. With the whole subscriptions thing and uh, Automate Woo and whatever. Um, So that all looks good, actually. I don't know if you've seen in the latest update... Uh, we've been testing it for a while, but in the latest update of WooCommerce, I think it was 3.6.4, you can also now install the WC admin. I don't know if you've had a look at that already. The new dashboard sort of thing, right? Yeah, it's actually excellent. It's built on React, very responsive, but the reporting is, is much better than it was before. I think that was one of the drawbacks of the old WooCommerce is that the reporting wasn't that great. Mm-hmm. Probably, you know, platforms like Shopify had done better in that specific part of it. But now with the WC admin, yeah, it's very, very nice. Um, it's got notifications in it as well and, you know, much easier ways to get to fulfill your orders and so on. But I think the most important thing and the best benefit of it is the, the reporting that's much better. And this is all within the WordPress dashboard or is it separate from that completely? Uh, it's totally uh, separate from, I mean, it's still in the back end, right? Um, but once you've got it installed and you go to the WooCommerce side of it, it will then take over the whole screen and it's got its own kind of uh, header menu and everything. Okay. So even for store managers, they can simply open that part of the site and just view that they don't have to see plugins and so on, which might confuse them. You still see the, the menu at the side, unfortunately. All right, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that just gets cluttered, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. And it can confuse a lot of the clients. It's just, well, what's all this stuff? 
even just sometimes to get uh, to their order page is a huge thing because you have to find where the WooCommerce plugin is in the menu and then you have to drill down into orders and so forth. Yeah. Um, but they've, they've changed the menu around a bit now with a new WC admin. So I think that might improve stuff a little bit. I've seen on the forums and the, uh, and the Facebook groups and some that it's still a bit buggy. A lot of people installed it and had issues on their stores. So, yeah, need to be aware <laughs> because yes. I think it's still kind of in beta. You know, it's not really live. It's supposed to go live yet, but I think it's a bit like Gutenberg, where they pushed it out and it's good, but it probably still has yeah. some bugs in it. <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I always have to kind of just, you know, give everybody a hand because with this whole ecosystem of plugins and every, it must be so difficult. You know, to ship that thing with no bugs to no plugins. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's almost impossible. <laughs> it probably is. I mean, the compatibility issues, even we face that with, with an aggregator plugin, let alone yeah. an e-commerce store, which can have extensions from 10 different vendors I and mean, so on. Yeah, I mean, like, yeah, WooCommerce is quite complex. Yeah, it seems simple maybe up front, but once you get into the, the code of it and, and all the rules and so on, it's quite complex. And especially if you add all of these extensions. Mm -hmm. So for all of that to be 100% tested and working when something is rolled out, <laughs> yeah, it's difficult. Uh, this gives you guys more work. That's good. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> can't, can't complain, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think there's a good future for WooCommerce. People, people like that they have kind of have it in their own hands and there's not some other company in control of their shop and so on. That's what mm -hmm. I found. Uh, you know, I think that's one of the big differences from, for instance, Shopify and so on, is that people, you know, they're afraid they're going to close my store or they're going to kick me out. Or I've seen that a lot on, on the groups, um, in the discussions and so on. And then also it's much more customizable and, and easily customizable. People like that as well. But that's a good and a bad thing. Okay. So <laughs> the more it you customize, the more issues. Yeah, it has to be controlled. But, you know, what I've heard that in in most of the, the recent WordCamps, um, the hosting companies are really getting on board in, in doing proper WooCommerce hosting. Mm-hmm which I think is going to be a big benefit for WooCommerce as well, because that will handle a lot of the, you know, just put it on a kind of a stable foundation and then you can build from there. I've been in touch with uh, Liquid Web a bit recently oh, yeah. and speaking to Chris Lemma a bit as well. And it's good to see that they're creating WooCommerce focused hosting and they're making optimizations to the databases and so on that people won't even necessarily know about, so they just think a host is a host. Yeah. But in reality, these little things make a big difference. Yeah, we've actually referred some people to specifically Liquid Web because they will come as many hosting. I, I think they're doing some things with the, the products as well in the in the database, you know, mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and optimizing it there and so forth, which is, which is very nice. Um, a lot of people have been waiting for WooCommerce to take the products out of the, you know, the post, the post meta and so forth in the database, mm -hmm. but it's not there yet. And uh, that seems to be an origin of a lot of issues, especially when you're getting a bit bigger and you have products with more variations and things like that. Yeah. I think considering... WooCommerce started headed out as a fork of, of GigaShop and uh, it was just something starting out yeah. literally copying off someone else and trying to build on top of it. Yeah. I think it's developed quite a bit. So I think it's, it is a time similar to WordPress where we're going to see some pain and growth. Mm. There's going to be some struggles, but it seems like it's going in the right direction. And from what you're saying as well, considering your daily exposure to WooCommerce, mm. it's promising as well. Yeah, people that's on WooCommerce, they really, you know, they love it and... 
you know, but it, I think it's a bit of a love-hate relationship. So, <laughs> uh, like most things, <laughs> yeah. And, and and for instance, at the end of last year when uh, they launched Gutenberg, you know, the whole 5.0 release, there were a lot of people that were actually very afraid and wanted to move their shops away. And uh, so that's also something that is maybe a bit worrying, but a lot of those people has calmed down a bit now, you know, from Maria. And that's just because I think 5.0 is, you know, it was needed, but it was a big shock to a lot of people, especially to people that's not technical. Yeah. It was a bit difficult to digest. I think this, this, all these things are difficult for people to understand what is actually changing. Because it's touted as a massive change to WordPress or a massive change to WooCommerce. And in reality, for the user, it's just changing the way you work, not necessarily in what you can do with it. Like it's not going to limit you. Mm. It's going to add things for you. It's just a bit of a learning curve to make the improvements. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll, everyone learns from those experiences and won't have another... WordCamp US, so you're on a scenario of 5.0 and all that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> I thought that's a different discussion. <laughs> yeah, sure. All right, Stefan. Uh, I want to thank you, first of all, for taking the time to speak with me today and uh, share your experiences with WooCommerce and with what you guys are doing at WooGroup. I wish you guys all the best with what you're doing and uh, hopefully we'll get to speak again soon discuss a few more things around WooCommerce as well. Where can people find you? Where can people find WooCrew? How can they follow you guys? Thank you, Mark. It's been great being on the show. People can have a look at our website at WooCrew.net. And if they want to give me a shout out personally, they can get on Twitter and find me at Stefan Vent. And that's my Twitter handle. Stefan with a PH, okay. obviously. <laughs> we'll, we'll put it in the show notes to make sure we get it right okay that's good yes. all right a lot of people get confused sometimes with stefan and steven so yeah just be aware <laughs> all right thank you stefan uh, it was a pleasure speaking okay. with you today you too thanks mark thank you so much for listening to another episode of mastermind.fm if you liked what you heard in today's episode, please head on over to iTunes and leave us a review. Your feedback encourages us to keep producing the kind of content that you have come to rely on for your own entrepreneurial journey. And if you have a question or topic you'd like us to cover on the show, send it to us through our website or via email at podcast at mastermind.fm or even connect with us on Twitter at mastermind.fm. We look forward to hearing from you and hope you have a fantastic week.